Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Greetings, Grapple fans. Welcome back to uh, another episode, uh, episode number blah, 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 um, a lot. I can't remember. I uh, haven't researched the episode number. I, I never do. Uh, but welcome back. We're, we're back again. And, uh, well, um, it's, see, it's been a big week. Not really. It hasn't been a big week. But there's a big show coming up this weekend, so we're, we are here to preview that. Of course, being the, the Elimination Chamber, but a few other bits and pieces to to uh, chat about as well. So, obviously, not just myself to uh, to talk through that. Do enlist the services of my audio tag team partner, the one and only Mo Chatter. Good evening, Mo. Evening, Andy. Evening. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's uh, one of those funny weeks, isn't it? Um, you know, there's a big talking point around a match, uh, which we'll come on to, but. Uh, other than that, it's not been exactly action-packed and newsworthy, um, much like the last several weeks. So whilst we've been away for a couple of weeks, um, it's not exactly been a great deal that's happened in that time, has there? No, there, let's be honest. There hasn't been an awful lot happening. Uh, slow, steady build towards these couple of shows, which obviously are just killing a bit of time before we uh, get going towards WrestleMania fully in earnest. And... Let's. Uh, I think I would imagine after once we get chamber, once we get this elimination chamber out of the way, then the WrestleMania card will really start to take shape, uh, and then I think things will start to pick up something more, somewhat more. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about the chamber. We're going to talk about Monday Night Raw, which uh, included an extraordinary match it's got to be said and an extraordinary performance from Seth Rollins we'll also talk about some of the inductees into uh, this year's Hall of Fame but first things first more uh, Smackdown now I'm a little concerned about Smackdown last year it was by far the better of the two shows Uh, it was really fun to watch nicely uh, you know Nicely covered in two hours, easy, much easier to watch than a three-hour Raw that was dragging and was cumbersome. Um, SmackDown was snappy; it made sense. It had storylines. Uh, they were building characters. It wasn't. It wasn't always great, but it felt much easier to watch than Raw. 
where Raw felt a bit more like a bit of a chore to to uh, to keep watching every week, and the tables have really really turned. Uh, Raw's a much fresher show. Uh, it's not not fantastic by any means, but certainly a lot easier to watch than SmackDown. And I've got to say, I, I'm just I, I'm concerned with SmackDown, and it feels so repetitive. I feel like I'm watching the same episode week after week after week. It's like wrestling Groundhog Day. Oh, you can say that again. Um, I, I really don't understand how they can mess up a show and churn out such mediocre tripe week in, week out with the likes of Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, um, Sami Zayn and others at your disposal. Um, when they carried out the um, shuffle of the rosters last year, I thought that SmackDown was going to turn into a really, really good show. I thought they had some great talent on the roster in terms of in-ring, um, but also from a character perspective as well. Um, I thought they had a lot that they can do um, with the talent that they assembled. And yet um, what we've had since the summer, ironically, is that uh, we've had, we've had um, you know, consistently poor television. And it just baffles me that... Um, even if they can't come up with compelling storylines that grab people's attention, at least they should be able to churn out really good wrestling at the very least. And yet they've not even been able to do that. Um, you know, often we'll see decent matches, good matches, but nothing that really blows you away. And yet when you've got three of the very best workers in the world in AJ, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens on your roster, and you can't even achieve that, then you know something's seriously wrong. Yeah, and and there's also Shinsuke Nakamura on there. They've got the Usos, they've got New Day, they've got Charlotte. <laughs> you know, the, the, there's so much talent on that roster. Uh, I mean, I actually, I did wonder this week whether there was more adverts, there was more ad breaks in SmackDown than there actually was on Raw. It was just ridiculous. We had an ad break, went to a promo, come back, an ad break. Then we go, and then there's an entrance, then we go to another ad break. It was like three three or four ad breaks in the space of around 20 minutes. It's just, it really breaks the momentum. And, you know, and they keep doing them halfway between matches all the time. You know, halfway through a match, it takes you out of the moment. And, and these aren't like long 20-minute matches. You know, these are 10-minute matches. You know, do we really need to have an ad break in the middle of a 10-minute match. Well, exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, w- one of a whole list of problems with the show, the formatting. Um, clearly, the storylines don't click, haven't clicked. Um, and to be fair, I mean, I, I wouldn't put it fully down to the writers. Um, I mean, I go back to 2017 and I look back at, Somebody like Kevin Owens, who's a remarkable talent. He's so elite in terms of what you can do as an all-round performer. And yet, by his lofty standards, I thought he had a disappointing 2017. Um, the, the feud with AJ Styles in particular, for me, was a big letdown. And um, to an extent, you can blame that on the writers you know, by not really coming up with a really interesting storyline. But even storylines aside when the two paired up in the ring, often the matches they had were underwhelming. And I said as much at the time. So um, you do wonder if, um, you know, the whole roster is stuck in a bit of a rut whereby 
um, the talent feel let down by the writers and um, they don't really feel as if um, the product that they're having to go out and perform on a week-to-week basis um, really inspires them. And so they go through the motions as a result. Um, so for, for me, the, the shuffle of the rosters can't come soon enough. I suspect we'll probably have to wait till after WrestleMania. Um, but, you know, there's an urgent need now to kind of shuffle things around because it clearly isn't working. And um, I, I just think that, um, you know, they need to consider you know, some of the things that we've talked about in the past about perhaps having um, one or two of the divisions solely based on particular shows. And so, you know, maybe the women's division all being located on something like SmackDown um, would, would actually be pretty cool. Um, but uh, I think the chances are that that's quite unlikely, but they need to do something to freshen it up. Um, but, you know, I think for the meantime, we'll just have to sit and suffer in silence and um, continue to endure uh, what is a pretty uh, hard watch. And it, it feels almost like a chore to watch this show rather than something that you really look forward to watching. Yeah, the, the, I mean, there's a few things to really get, I want to get off my chest on this one. Things like, you know, these cartoon graphics that they've introduced over the past few weeks, uh, they've got to stop that. Really, really, please stop that. Hate those cartoon graphics. What what the hell is that? You know, we, we, we're supposed to be taking on, looking at serious characters, and then they throw in this, and it's like, ah, oh, really takes you out of the moment. You know, and the New Day, the pancakes, like, just stop Stop the pancakes. Enough of the pancakes. It's not funny. It, it's what I don't see the point to it. It's just annoying. It's pancakes. Why? It, turn them heel. They, they need something new. They need freshening up. Ty Dillinger, why bring him up from NXT when when he was just getting hot if you're not even going to use him on television? You know, he's barely ever on TV. What was the point? Just leave him in NXT. He was getting hot. He was getting some momentum, momentum going there. He, he could have added more to his character, developed him more than bring him up. I don't think he would have been anything more than than a mid-carder, but he could have been a lot more solid. Bring him up and then don't put him on TV. What was the point? Uh, really, just what was the point? Bobby Roode, you know, it's such he's, his baby-faced character is lame. It's smiley. It's not, it's, there's no edge to it. There's no nothing to it. You can tell he's just reading a script. He is not fulfilling his potential. There is so much more to Bobby Roode. The obnoxious heel Bobby Roode is so much more natural. It flows. He gets the heat off the crowd. It's great. Let him do it. He's so much more fun to watch. It's so much more entertaining. Get the, it gets a crowd into it. And that isn't that the whole you know, point to it, audience participation. How many times have we heard that before? And Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan, and I'll come to you on this one as well, Moyes. What is that? This, this is something, and I think that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens have suffered from this as well. And even to a, to an extent, AJ Styles, they have become props and the WWE title has become a prop in this overarching story of Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan. If there's no match that's going to come out of this between them two, if Daniel Bryan cannot get back in the ring, cannot be medically cleared, what is the point of all this? 
Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, there has to be a purpose to all of this, surely. You know, they've been teasing it and building it for months and months. Um, the thing that, you know, we talked about going back to last year, in fact, was that this surely has to be leading to a match at WrestleMania between Shane and uh, Daniel Bryan. And if it isn't, if there's going to be nothing that will come from it, if it's just meant to be um, an ongoing kind of thing that, you know, the uh, general manager and the commissioner have got um, heat, they've got beef. And if that's all there is to it, then, you know, I'd rather just scrap it all together and uh, move on because that kind of stuff has been done to death and everyone just gets bored, restless. Um, we're having to watch stuff like that. It's just such tired, cliche, unimaginative, uh, boring crap. And, uh, you know, we just need something different. And as you say, it does yeah. detract from, you know, um, the talents that are out there um, and, and, you know, the, the WWE title itself. So uh, unless it's going to head to a, a lead to a match with consequences, then you know, just stop it. Stop it now. Yeah. I mean, Shane and Daniel Bryan in, a, you know, in the corner or Shane in one corner, Daniel Bryan in the other, in the other corner of someone facing each other. That, that is not how you know things end like that people don't care about stuff like that it's just it's got to end or he's got to be medically cleared and then we get something and then fair enough there will be a point to it but i still don't like the fact that some some of these top performers and that top title has been used in a prop along this way but hey let's move it along to raw then um everyone's been talking about it more uh the the gauntlet match i mean it's it feels unique because I, I don't know how long it is since we had something like this on Raw where um, the first hour of the show, I don't think we've ever had the first hour of the show taken solely by a match, but we start the show off just into a match and it goes and it goes and it goes. And Seth Rollins, I mean, 65 minutes back to back beating Roman Reigns and John Cena and then making storyline sense for him then to, to be defeated. But what a performance from uh, from Seth Rollins. Um, what about that gauntlet match and, and what about Seth Rollins? Wow. Um, I applaud the WWE for doing something very different. Um, as far as I can recall, they've never had a, a gauntlet match like that. I mean, they've had gauntlet matches before on TV, but Certainly nothing that's gone um, over an hour, which is what this match did. And, um, you know, the match itself was really quite something. Um, I thought the first half of the match was better than the second half, um, you know, because obviously we had Seth Rollins heavily involved in the early half of the overall match. And certainly um, the work he did with Roman Reigns and especially with John Cena was absolutely superb. Um, later on, um, it certainly started to uh, tail off. But overall, um, one of the best matches we've seen on WWE television in quite some time um, really was um, a highlight of Raw over the last several months. And, um, you know, even though it is a very, very long match, um, certainly kept you um, engaged um, throughout most of it, really. And uh, you know, it was very, very enjoyable. Seth Rollins, this is the kind of match he needed because, you know, he's, it's fair to say that his face turn um, 
and his whole time as a babyface has really not been the kind of success the company and I'm sure he would have hoped for. Um, but a match like this uh, did a lot more for him than any angle or storyline or interview um, has managed to achieve. And, uh, you know, finally got some momentum behind him. And I, I tell you what, I mean, his, um, you know, plans in terms of WrestleMania, we were kind of speculating about um, the last time we were on, on Pro Wrestling Index. And we weren't really all that sure, as far as I can recall, about exactly where he was heading. But uh, you know, on the back of that kind of performance, you've got to put him in a feature match. You've got to do something really important with him. You can't put him in something like the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, you know, on the uh, pre-show and um, just have him as one of the forgotten parts of the undercard. You know, he needs to be a featured um, star of the whole show. I mean, we, we all know how talented he is when he was the WWE champion. Um, you know, he was exceptional uh, before injuries kind of um, threw him off course in terms of uh, where his career was going. But, uh, you know, he needed something like this to try and get back on track. And I feel it did that. And, um, you know, if they have good plans for him for the next few weeks leading into WrestleMania, then... Um, you know, finally, his, his baby face turn could really uh, kickstart. And I'll tell you what, also, um, there are some rumours that if Roman Reigns, um, as is predicted by some, wins uh, the Elimination Chamber and then beats Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania, um, and especially if he turns heel, then who better is an opponent than uh, Seth Rollins? Yeah, I, I mean, we're going to get to obviously previewing the chamber itself, and and, and I guess this was a, a good way to a good way to to get some interest going in in that uh, in that match in that event, uh, and obviously a lot's going to become clearer at the end of that. I, I suspect we we might see the the seeds being sown for for some matches, and obviously we'll know who Brock Lesnar's uh, opponent's going to be. But um, what a unique idea, eh, Mo, um, that you could get people over just by letting them go out in the ring and actually put on a really good match. Well, exactly, yeah. That's a bit of a novel idea, isn't it? Um, <laughs> you know, who'd have ever thought that you can just kind of get people over in a match? I mean, never worked for Stone Cold Steve Austin against Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13. No, no, no. it was... Um, it was all other kinds of stuff. So. Yeah. Well, what he really needs, what he really needs, is a is a fake girlfriend or on screen girlfriend, and then they can uh, bring someone in. They they can have a love triangle angle that'll really get us interested in a match for WrestleMania. We've never had that before. That'd be uh, <laughs> something different. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I mean, another thing that came from it. I guess it was inevitable as well that uh, we would see Braun Strowman at the end of it and Braun Strowman be Braun Strowman and so domineering. Crowd loving Braun Strowman. Uh, and he's a fully-fledged babyface now, it seems. Um, he just seems to revel in the fact that the crowd just want more. One more power slam, one more running power slam, one more time. Um, it's... It's. I, I think it's a lot of fun to watch. I, I've got to be honest. I, I I do enjoy it. It's it's just fun to watch. Oh, it is. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know that that's um, something that we just um, certainly don't get much of in terms of 
fun on on the SmackDown side, and uh, no, certainly on the Raw side, um, it's good to uh, to see that. So, um, you know, and, and, and that's part of the reason why Raw as a show, going back really to I'd say the last six months, has consistently been you know a pretty decent watch, and, and often a more than a decent watch, a pretty good watch, um, because uh, you know they've got characters. Um, that have direction, um, the storylines on the whole are tight, nothing that's really mind-blowing, it's like an all-time legendary type of storyline on the show, nothing of that nature. But, uh, you know, it's all pretty um, solid, makes sense, characters um, that are over um, and are getting more over um, on a week-to-week basis, as you say, Strowman, um, Elias and one or two others, and, um, you know, it, it, it's uh, a show that for a long time um, lived in the shadow of SmackDown, even though Raw's obviously always been the premium premier show, um, being the longest running one. Um, for a lot of years, it was SmackDown that was seen as the better show. And yet um, you know, there has been a role reversal. And it's really Raw that... Um, blows SmackDown out of the water and uh, that's all credit to the writers as well. I think that uh, they do a very good job of booking the show and um, it it is certainly uh, a more entertaining show than it has been on a consistent basis going back quite a number of years in fact so all kudos to them. Yeah lots of um, credit where credit is due and we're, we're giving them pats on the back and saying really nice things about them. Uh, but one thing on Raw uh, that was memorable for the wrong reasons, uh, and, and this is where we have to turn the tables on the writers for me, is Asuka clearly has not yet mastered uh, speaking English, and obviously speaking English to a live crowd uh, must be difficult for her. You know, she's she has been very limited in what she's been saying before. They've been very careful, obviously, in, in what she what she does, how often she speaks and how long she speaks for and all that. And that's very sensible and protect the character. Uh, but to, to give someone who's, who's not obviously not that comfortable with English to give them a script, which they clearly struggling with and then send them out there on live TV with that. Um, that was, that was, was really uncomfortable viewing more. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, it it was just a really, really dumb thing to do. Um, no, she was out there, she was trying, but, um, you know, it, it came across really poor. And, you know, you could see fans in the front row just laughing at her because they thought the whole thing was quite hilarious. And that was absolutely not uh, the desired effect. Um, you know, the pro- promo was there for her to uh, hype up her match with uh, Nia Jax. And um, instead... Um, you know, she just turned into a comedy figure out there, um, yeah. cutting a really bad promo. And my fear is, is that, um, you know, some writers will think, oh, well, maybe we can just turn into a comedy act. And then lo and behold, they'll end her undefeated streak. And then she'll just be going out there on a week to week basis, cutting really silly promos and almost taking advantage of her in a way. And um, you know, for somebody who's so talented in the ring, who's also very over, um, that that would be really 
disappointing and almost irresponsible. And um, it would just show that um, certainly in terms of talent from um, countries where obviously English isn't um, a first language, then uh, their kind of attitude towards such talent is is uh, is concerning. So, you know, and, and, you know, and I'm certainly uh, someone who's long, long time fan of Japanese wrestling and um, have followed it for, for many, many years. And, well, just just on that, Moz, sorry to cut in there, but, you know, have you ever seen any, in your years of watching Japanese wrestling, have you ever seen anything where they would then force American or Canadian or British wrestlers to try and do interviews to a live audience in Japanese? No, no. I mean, in <laughs> Japan. Um, they haven't been you know, that dumb? Uh, believe it or not, no. No, they haven't. No, I mean, I mean storylines are presented in a different kind of way in Japan, generally speaking. Um, but you know, if you've ever had wrestlers from the West speak in Japanese, it's not because the promoter promoters rather are asking them to go out there and embarrass themselves. Um, it's more because the talent themselves just want to uh, go out there and uh, just pop the crowd. And um, so likes of Kenny Omega in the present time, but even, um, you know, likes of Stan Hansen um, in the past would go out there and, you know, just say the odd one or two things in Japanese um, just to get a nice pop out of the crowd. Um, but it was all done in a nice way, uh, certainly not uh, in an underhanded way by the bookers or promoters to send their uh, you know, foreign talents out there to look bad, and, and that's really how the whole Asuka thing came across. It was really, really poorly thought out in terms of the, the booking people, and they they should know exactly how good or bad she will be in terms of cutting promos. And the other thing also is that um, you know, cutting promos are not the be all and end all. I mean, she was very effective as a character um, on NXT. Uh, with without cutting promos and if she did it was very very rarely and um often she she talked in her uh, native language so you know that that kind of stuff was just um really really ill-advised and i'm just hoping that you know they don't turn it into some kind of comedy storyline because if they do then yet again it's another example of them um allowing a talent to go to waste and, and for no reason, for no good reason at all. Yeah, that, that's <clears throat> fingers crossed. It was just um, they, they got a bit carried away. We'll learn the lesson and um, curtail things for the future and certainly not go down that kind of route that you've mentioned. Let's hope not. Mm. So uh, before we get on to the chamber, though, um, I just want to get your reaction to the list of nominees into the Hall of Fame so far this year. So we've obviously Goldberg was the first one um, named big name. Uh, whatever people think of his um, contribution to the business um, and, and what he was capable of doing in the ring, you know, he is a big name. Uh, the Dudley Boys and uh, Ivory. I mean, what what's been your your thoughts so far on the uh, Hall of Fame inductees for 2018? Um, it's been an okay um, kind of set of names that have been announced, but nothing that really kind of leaps out and gets me too excited about 
um, the Hall of Fame ceremony, whereby I'm thinking, right, this will be really, really good. Really looking forward to watching it, to see that particular individual or team get inducted. Um, obviously, as you say, we've got Goldberg going in. Um, you know, he, he's a bit of a polarising figure uh, for many. You know, there are those that think that, you know, even though his tenure in the business is over you know, two or three different spells, hasn't been all that extensive. Um, whilst he's been around, you know, he's certainly, um, you know, been one of those few that has shifted the needle. And uh, certainly during his initial WCW run, um, you know, he, he became a huge, huge star. You know, you can't underestimate just how big a star he became. And he was also a sizable ratings draw as well. Um, so He certainly you know, made his mark, you know, regardless of, you know, we, yeah, we all know he's limited and, <laughs> No, and there was a reason why they kept his matches to sort of around about three minutes. He was very limited, but he was impactful. And he, like we say, you know, he really did make a difference. He did, absolutely. And, um, you know, even in his most recent WWE run, uh, again, there were those that thought, you know, what he was doing in the ring was very poor um, and also was taken away potentially a spot from one of the younger talents that are around full time that the company could have invested in and um, turn into a big star that would then be around for years to come. Um, and I get all of that, but, um, you know, nonetheless, um, he, he was and, and still is a big, big name. And, you know, bear in mind, this is a Hall of Fame that has Coco Beware in the Hall of Fame. So if somebody like he is in, then I, I, I certainly can't see why anyone should object to uh, somebody like Goldberg being, being in. Um, but Dudley boys, you know, that, that's a decent addition. You know, obviously they've done a lot in their career, won numerous tag team titles, um, have plenty of stories to tell. Um, some of which they probably won't be able to, uh, but, uh, you know, their induction should be pretty entertaining as well. Um, ivory. Oh dear. Oh dear. Um, you're you not having ivory. I mean, she does have a, a genuine, you know, pedigree, she came from, was it Glow? Before, you know, before... Glorious uh, Ladies of Wrestling. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so she, I mean, uh, she was never a, a real headliner, but I think she was, I guess, you know, if if you were looking at the sort of the men's division, she'd be like a solid mid-carder. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, 
at Plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, this was at a time when the female roster was all of about six women. Um, so, you know, for, for me, this is really, really scraping the barrel. Um, and again, I understand why the WWE uh, wants to induct um, at least one female per year. But, you know, I'd rather they'd have gone with, um, you know, somebody else. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, let's see, like, um, ooh, who is Mark Merrow? Sable, that's it. So, Mark Merrow's ex-wife, uh, Sable. Um, now, I, I thought she did more for the Attitude Era um, than Ivory ever did. Um, you know, Ivory just didn't do anything really. And on top of that, you know, Sable is also um, the wife of Brock Lesnar. So, you know, why not induct somebody like her in? Uh, I think she'd be a welcome addition to the, uh, to the um, you know, Hall of Fame. But, um, yeah, that, that was an odd one for me. And then we've got... Um, Jeff Jarrett is a big surprise um, yeah. for the announcement earlier this week. Yeah, and I, I nearly forgot about that one. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett, Double J. Uh, interesting that they yeah. uh, highlighted so much about his early stuff there. The old J E double F J R D J well double R E double T. That's why I wasn't <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> interesting that went on a lot of his early stuff there though, rather than uh, more of his stuff towards the end. And obviously. Not going to talk too much about, um, yeah, that what fifteen years of career he's had since he left. Yeah, that's it. Um, you know, I, I suppose that they can talk about his WCW run because they own the footage to that. Um, and I, I suppose they will, in fairness, let him talk about TNA. Um, but that's one of the few companies um, that they prefer not to be acknowledged on their television for some reason. Which I still don't understand that mentality because TNA is no threat whatsoever to uh, the WWE. Um, you know, they're just a promotion that barely survives um, from week to week. So, I mean, I don't really see the harm in mentioning them. And I'm sure he will, you know, talk about his time in TNA um, because that was a big part of his career. Uh, but yeah, I think WWE's focus when it comes to uh, you know, the video package and stuff like that will obviously be on the kind of um, stuff that they own of him. But uh, yeah, so, so, so so far, you know, those are the people that are going in and, um, you know, I'm not hugely uh, excited about those names, but, um, you know, we might get one or two more that will be added in the next couple of weeks that might just uh, be of more interest. Um, They're in New Orleans, Louisiana, which was, um, um, a territory that Bill Watts and the UWF ran and, uh, and as we've seen in recent WrestleManias um, they have liked to pop in one or two names that were local to the uh, territory where WrestleMania has been run so um, you know, I think when they ran Houston or Dallas in the last couple of years I think they had the Freebirds there um, so we might have one or two who are um, ex-UWF uh, alumnus going in but uh yeah compared to some of the recent years uh hall of fames somewhat underwhelming but i'll still watch it and 
I'm sure there will still be some decent um, kind of promos that are cut and acceptance speeches, but uh, and then there'll obviously be the odd one or two car crash uh, segments as well that will go way way too long. But um, you know, yeah, hopefully Goldberg doesn't. Hopefully Goldberg doesn't get his son out and take his shirt off again. Oh yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many times I've come back to that one. <laughs> yeah, the Dudley boys. That you, you know that that's that that's going to be a good a good induction speech if they're allowed to speak anyway. So uh, are we then main event? Let's get on to it. <clears throat> the Elimination Chamber um, pay per view this weekend. Then um, let's start with the the tag team titles. Uh, Cesaro and Sheamus, the Bar, taking on Titus Worldwide, Titus O'Neil and uh, Apollo. Oh, it's not Apollo Cruz now. It's just Apollo. I guess they drop. Everyone goes to one name, don't they? Um, I, I'm I'm not at all taken by this um, so-called feud. I'm not buying into it one little bit. It's not grabbed me. It doesn't even feel convinced in the slightest bit convincing that these you know that this kick-ass team that's been brutalizing people for the last year suddenly starts. Losing matches and gets you know, gets beaten by these lower mid carders. It's I, I know it's only a placeholder until we start building towards WrestleMania, but this this has been yeah disappointing. I think might be fair. Yeah, I mean their match on Raw this past week didn't do anything for me. Um, I mean Apollo's a very talented guy, but he's another one, yet another one that. Um, hasn't been able to really hit the kind of performance levels that he was delivering on the independent scene and over in Dragon Gate in Japan um, prior to heading into the WWE. Titus O'Neil, you just know what you're going to get with him, which is not very much. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much the uh, highlight of uh, you know his entire act and his shtick. But uh, yeah, it, it's really just to give. Cesaro and Sheamus something to do um, to take over to WrestleMania as as to what they will do um, at that event who knows but uh, in the meantime you know they'll just uh, plod their way through a 10 minute match and try to get the most out of tights as they can and um, hopefully they'll be able to do some good stuff with Apollo um, but you know we're not going to get a title change the champions will retain um, if, if they do lose the titles then I think that's the time to officially give up on the show and start watching <laughs> Tiddlywinks or something. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no way they're going to change the titles over here. You would imagine it's got to be something like the Revival, um, perhaps uh, Gallows and Anderson, perhaps a three-way at WrestleMania, something like that. You would imagine the Revival is going to be involved in there somewhere anyway. But yeah, it, it's it's a very poor placeholder. Um, next one up, we've got Walken, Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt, uh, which makes me feel even more towards the point that we made on that 25th anniversary edition of Raw. Why put them into the ring in what felt like a throwaway match? You know, for these two that have been going back and forth with promos on the screen um, for weeks and weeks and weeks, you know, and now we're supposed to be interested in a match that's already happened. It just, I'm, 
I'm, I'm afraid I, I enjoy Matt Hardy's character. It's it's fun, it's entertaining. I don't enjoy Bray Wyatt. Haven't done for a long time. But this this feud felt like it finished weeks ago. Well, welcome to the world of Bray Wyatt. Everything he touches turns to shit, um, including the Woken Matt Hardy character. I mean, there you have one of the elite characters in the wrestling business over the last couple of years. Um, it, it really has been. I mean, it, it really is staggering that, you know, TNA, one of the most inept wrestling companies of all time, was able to more effectively book that character than the WWE has been able to um, since they sort of launched it in the last uh, you know couple of months. And that, that just boggles my mind. Um, you know, WWE should have been the ideal platform for that kind of gimmick. It was a major league gimmick stuck in a you know a really um, dead company. Not even minor league. Yeah. Not well, even no, minor league. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I thought, okay, as soon as this legal wrangle over the character is sorted out and he's allowed to use the gimmick, you know, it will just catch fire. And it just is absolutely unbelievable that the first person they stick him with is you know the walking version of um uh, well the kind of anti jürgen Klopp you know who t- you know most things that he touches turn to gold most things that Bray White touch turn to shit and you know somehow he's been able to turn the Matt Hardy character into something that's almost unwatchable which is just incredible. So the sooner this whole feud ends, the better. Um, I just, anytime I even see Wyatt on the screen, um, I start to feel physically repulsed now. And that's not because of how he looks. It's just the character just causes me to have an adverse reaction. And so I have to just hit the fast forward button, get it to um, 30 speed and move on to the next segment as quickly as possible. Um, it just really, really is um, a, a, an absolute um, waste of time now. That that character is beyond dead. Nobody cares whatsoever. Um, so the sooner this feud ends, the better for Matt. And then as for uh, Bray, um, you know, if I don't see him again, then it'll be too soon. <laughs> but other than that, I've got no problem. A loving eulogy to uh, one Bray Wyatt. <laughs> um, okay, so you, so you're not, uh, not. I, I take from that you're not completely taken on Bray Wyatt. You're not entirely a big fan of uh, Bray Wyatt. Um, Asuka versus Nia Jax. Now we've already talked about the promo, and you know it was it, it was poor planning, and it was real. It really was folly to to hand her a script. Uh, and get her to try and memorise a script in a non-native tongue like that. One that she's certainly not comfortable with. Um, so that's not helped. It certainly hasn't helped. Now, they keep talking about it, the the undefeated streak, and the thing from this match as well is that if Nia Jax wins, that the women's championship match at WrestleMania will become a triple threat match. So, Mo, do you think... Do you think they're going to do it? Do you think they would be so foolish as to um, end Asuka's streak in this way? 
Well, I like to think not, but you know, we've seen far more stupid things um, delivered on WWE television, haven't we? So it, it's unlikely, but I just can't rule it out. I think it just makes so much more sense for Asuka to go into that match at WrestleMania with the undefeated streak intact and challenging with, uh, well, we'll come on to the, the, uh, the title match in a moment, but uh, whoever the uh, winner of that match is uh, in the hope that she can go into that match with an undefeated streak intact. And uh, it will just add a bit more um, to, to that bout. Um, If they, allow that streak to end against Nijax, it just would be again, you know, extremely short sighted that they build this whole streak up over a very long period going back to a time in NXT and to have it end on a show like this, you know, it'd just be a waste of um, building that whole streak up over a, a very long period. So it's unlikely that they'll finish it at this uh, show, but you just can't rule it out. I mean, that, yeah. that said, I still have a sneaking feeling that there will be a triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania, but um, I, I think Asuka will win this match, so therefore I don't think uh, Nijax will be that third woman in that contest. Yeah, I must admit, I've I just been, I don't know, that for some reason I'm just starting to get worried thinking, Oh, they're, they're not. Oh, they're gonna. I think they might just do this. They might. They might just do it. And the thing is, it's like the genie in the bottle. Once you've opened it, that's it. It's out. And I think once the streak ends, that will be it. She then becomes uh, open to the fifty-fifty booking that everybody else is is um, you know accosted to. So my feeling, my personal feeling, more is that I obviously would not end that streak here. I would not end that streak at WrestleMania. I would mm. keep that streak intact and then it be, you know, her to lose that 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 undefeated streak should be at WrestleMania next year. And then that in itself makes that women's championship match so big and whoever beats her, it's a huge thing. That That's my personal feeling. Yeah, that's a great shout. That's a very good shout. Um, and certainly, um, you know, she went all the way to... WrestleMania 35, I think it would be, um, with that undefeated streak in tap. That would be incredible. Um, and it would certainly be huge for that Women's Championship match, whoever she was to defend it against. But, um, yeah, I mean, e- even if they decided to kind of hold it until SummerSlam and then perhaps go with um, somebody challenging Asuka for the title at that show, because uh, that in itself is a huge show as well, Um you know that that'd still be something, but yeah, for for me, I agree. It would be uh, more sensible for that streak to end with her dropping the title um, than her losing a match just to add a third person to that women's championship match at WrestleMania. Absolutely. And talking of the the women's championship, then um, first ever women's elimination chamber match. Uh, so Alexa Bliss obviously defending the championship against Bailey, Mandy Rose, Mickey James, Sasha Banks, and Sonia Deville. Um, thoughts on this one then? Because I, I, I've got to say more. It's again, it's it's another step, isn't it? That um, this th- this move where the the women's division are having the same types of matches as men, 
and it is it's moving into that sort of that mindset isn't it of equality no more is it you know bras and panties uh, and glorified models just slapping each other and pulling each other's hair and squealing for five minutes you know the, these are athletes these are wrestlers having wrestling matches and we it, they're working towards parity so another another step in the direction of if it of it being historic and just but w- obviously your thoughts on that and uh, what you're kind of expecting in terms of match quality yeah absolutely agree um no, this is exactly the type of uh thing that the wwe needs to do um to get uh, the women's roster women's divisions um accepted as being on an equal footing to the men and um that that's certainly something to be applauded uh, what i don't like just to go off at a very quick related tangent is wwe kind of presenting itself as um a revolutionary in terms of the evolution of women's wrestling um and about how all of these things like the first women's royal rumble the first women's elimination chamber match and all of this kind of stuff is something that's unique and prior to it the history of women's wrestling was all about um as you say things like the brian panties match and stuff like that that's absolute nonsense um you know you had promotions like all japan women's pro wrestling going back to the 1960s that were prom- uh, promoting women's wrestling um, in exactly the same way as men's wrestling athletic um, contests uh, where women were presented in a respected, respectable way. And as it happens, all Japan women um, in the 90s were churning out some of the best matches you ever have seen. And, and that's part of the reason why when the WWE resurrected its women's roster back around 93, they brought in a bunch of women from uh, All Japan Women, most notably Bull Nakano, who had um, you know, a pretty good match against uh, Alundra Blaze at SummerSlam 94. So I just wanted to point that one out. That um, Yes, I mean, it's good that WWE is doing all of this, but you know they're far from revolutionary. There were promotions that were doing this kind of stuff um, in terms of how women's wrestling should be portrayed many, many, many years prior to all of this. Now, as for the match itself, um, I, I expect it to be a really good one. Uh, you know, we've got some very good, you know, uh, talents in the match. Bailey, Mickey James, Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss. Um, you know, it's certainly Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. They're there to make up the numbers. Um, and it, it's a very huge match for those two individuals um, being on the summer main event of the uh, Elimination Chamber show. But uh you know, certainly it's all about the, the big four names in the contest. And, uh, you know, I'd be shocked if Alexa doesn't retain the title. Um, she's had a very good title run since just after uh, SummerSlam. And, um, you know, it just make all the sense in the world for her to go into uh, WrestleMania as a champion to defend the title against Asuka. Um, but one of the things I wrote about in the Daily Mirror this week is that um, I do expect it to be a three-way match. And um, so I would expect Sasha Banks to have uh, quite a significant role in this contest and to somehow um, end up eventually in that triple threat match at WrestleMania with Alexa and Asuka. Um, But I think Sasha will fall short and I think Alexa will retain. 
and I think it'll be a really good match as well. What about if Sasha Banks wins it then, and then Alexa Bliss invokes a rematch at WrestleMania? That's how she gets a rematch. So she she is the one then that becomes the third part in the uh, in the match at WrestleMania. Well, that's a great shout, and that's a very plausible uh, scenario as well. Um, clearly, she'll be entitled to uh, um, seeking that rematch and uh, run looking to get that the next night on Raw. Um, she could easily say, well, actually, I'd like to join that match between you and Asuka and uh, make it a triple threat. So that's a really good shout, Andy. Um, that, that's certainly a possibility as well. Um, yeah. And if that was the way that it panned out, then, you know, I'd be fine with um, that tire rain coming to an end. Um, you know, if we think back to last year, especially around this time last year, we were kind of moaning about um, the frequency of title changes, whereas it's been refreshing to see this women's championship um, not change hands for the better part of six months now. Um, yeah, if it does I, I think this I'd actually say that on multiple titles, uh, the they've mm. resisted that temptation of it being the hot potato that it was last year. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but no, if, if that's the idea, um, then that, that, that's something that I'd be cool with because if they don't do that, then um, where do they really go with Sasha? I mean, Sasha's a special talent. Um, and, you know, she was somewhat lost in the shuffle, I thought, last year. Um, obviously, last year was all about building Alexa Bliss as um, the big heel character on Raw after, obviously, Charlotte went over to SmackDown. Um, but you know they need to do something big with Sasha as well. Otherwise, you know she'll get that whole air of being just another talent and another mid card performer, and that's what they don't want with Sasha because she's a heck of a talent in the ring, and um, you know she's certainly somebody who comes across like a big star, and they need to try the best they can to retain that for her. Um, and one of those ways is to have her in a feature match at WrestleMania. Uh, and for me, that match has to be this title match um, that will involve um, Asuka at the very least. Yeah, I I think, you know, those hints of uh, Sasha and Bailey, you know, once again, uh, going at it in the way that they did in NXT, perhaps Sasha turning on Bailey. I think we're, we're getting the hints that, that that could well be happening. Um you feel that maybe that won't happen then until after WrestleMania now? Um, yeah, I think that that's, um, you know, another possibility coming out of this match that, you know, they'll tease um, possibly the tension between the two with Sasha again, costing Bailey a victory or certainly um, winning at the expense of um, Bailey and Bailey coming very close. But, you know, it, I just don't think they'll pull the trigger on that heel turn just yet. Uh, I think that they'll like to hold it off maybe to WrestleMania, possibly even the post uh, WrestleMania raw uh, the very next night after that show on the 9th of April. Um, But I mean, it's possible. It's possible that they might go with that. And then obviously that sets up um, Bailey against Sasha um, at WrestleMania which again would be a really good match. And, you know, they're going to have about you know, 15 hours to fill on that show or whatever kind of crazy amount of time that they'll allocate to the event. 
Um, so they'll have to have a lot of matches. And, you know, that might be one match that they decide to go with. But, uh, you know, that, that, that for me would still be something that potentially could get lost in the shuffle. Whereas, you know, as a championship match um, featuring Sasha Banks, uh, I, I prefer to see that for Sasha. Um, and uh, then you know, we could potentially have um, Sasha win the title there, uh, beating Alexa whilst um, Asuka still retains that undefeated streak. And then she can get a chance to perhaps win the title at SummerSlam. So the beauty of it is, you know, there's there's all types of different scenarios um, with the women on the roster. So the, the roster is uh, reasonably healthy, I'd say. And, um, you know, that that's clearly the, um, the the kind of upside to uh, where they can go with with a championship belt. Yeah, and that just leaves the, the men's Elimination Chamber match. Uh, Braun Strowman, Elias, Finn Balor, John Cena, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and The Miz. So we we go to seven um, in, in this instead of uh, instead of six. Uh, easily done, obviously. Just start with a triple threat and then start introducing the the, the pods. Um, I've got to say it's a it's a good lineup. More, I like the lineup. Um, so many different permutations there. Obviously, the winner gets to uh, to battle Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. Uh, and as you alluded to earlier in the show, obviously Roman Reigns is the hot favourite to win this. Um, the feeling, I guess, is that for a long time that it's they've just been waiting for Roman Reigns to face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And I guess if you took the emotion aside, you would say that, you know, Roman Reigns has paid his dues. You know, he's, he's you know, he's had some fantastic matches. He's, you know, He's given the nod to people here, there. He's done the job for people where he's required, as as we've seen John Cena do in previous years. Uh, he's bided his time and he's earned his shot, but it seems that the crowd still will not accept it just yet. They they just will not accept him as a babyface. So do you, do you think that we definitely get Roman Reigns or do you think the crowd reaction means that they might just uh, use this as a bit of a swerve? Well, um, again, I this week predicted um, Mira Strowman to win, even though if you look at the betting odds for the show, Roman Reigns is by far and away the favourite to win the match. Um, and, you know, you'd be surprised if he doesn't. But I just have a feeling that, you know, if, if they decide to uh, do something different, you know, Strowman would be the ideal um, alternative to Reigns. You know, Strowman and Lesnar, when they work together, um, you know, the work has just been magic. They've really uh, clicked really, really well. And, um, you know, that'd be a huge match in every uh, conceivable way. And um, something that I think fans would really get quite excited about, about, you know, this guy that is just um, organically turned into a really, really big star um, with his title chase, um, that had started last year. Obviously, uh, he was part of the uh, match for the championship at rest, uh, sorry at SummerSlam back in August, and um, you know for him to finally get that one-on-one with uh, Brock and potentially uh, win that title off him at the biggest show of the year, 
that'd really be quite something. But you know, everything points towards Roman Reigns winning the contest and uh, going into WrestleMania as the opponent for Brock. But um, I, I think they have to turn him heel. And so really it's a case of whether they move in that direction um, at this match and um, perhaps have him do something that really cements a heel turn at the Elimination Chamber to set up a real clear facial divide going into WrestleMania for his build-up with um, Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. Or um, perhaps they hold fire until um, the big show itself and having turn heel um, on the 8th of April. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'll stick with my pick of Brock, uh, sorry, of Braun, and um, I'd love to see that as the outcome. And I'm sure many fans will as well. And I think that would certainly be a far uh, more positive reaction than if, if Roman Reigns wins. And I dread to think how deafening the bills will be, but uh, you know that, that's almost um, something that goes without saying at this time. Yeah, what what about John Cena then? He's been obviously in promo wise, he's been putting across that this is it. You know, and first time in fifteen years, he's not sure whether he'll be on the WrestleMania card. Obviously, we all know he will be on there in in some fashion. You know, is this them trying to get that across, and then he breaks the record here at WrestleMania, or or do you think that was somewhere within this match we're going to get the um, WrestleMania opponent for John Cena? Yeah, I, I would say it's the latter. I think it's um, somebody possibly costing Cena and um, setting up a match uh, for WrestleMania. And, you know, there's, again, the beauty of it is there's several viable opponents for him. Um, Elias is the one that I'd like to see. Um, you know, he's another one who organically is um, getting over and has made massive strides over the last um, few months. And, you know, I think he's somebody who has real potential as a heel. Um, and, you know, we've seen it obviously looking beyond the WWE in terms of his future, increasingly doing work in the media, movies, TV. Um, you know, I think that after WrestleMania, we won't be seeing a great deal of him anyway. So given that, I, I think it'd be really good to see him use WrestleMania to put over one of the younger talents who will be around week to week, month to month. And, you know, Elias is is a good opponent for him to uh, be paired with. I think they can do some really good work to build up that match um, leading up to WrestleMania. And, you know, for Elias to then go over at that show uh, would, would be really refreshing because one of my common complaints about WrestleMania is going back nearly 10 years now is that they really, as a company, haven't utilised WrestleMania to build, um, you know, the main events of the future. And, you know, it's become too much of a nostalgia show. So let's see a bit of a reversal of that and see some of the younger talent put over at the expense of the older part-timers. Um, that would be a refreshing change from what you've tended to see over the last seven, eight, nine, even ten years. See, I know you've picked Braun Strowman there for winning it, but... I kind of fancy that we could come out of this with John Cena going up against Braun Strowman at WrestleMania. Well, that's another brilliant shout. Uh, i tell you what, you're on fire today, Andy, aren't you? <laughs> I'm on um, fire. I haven't finished yet. <laughs> no, that that's another um, really, really intriguing contest. 
Um, you know, Braun Strowman is somebody, as I mentioned earlier, who's, you know, made massive strides in getting over one of the hottest acts in the company. Um, but what he is lacking is that really defining victory in a singles contest against a really established name. And uh, who better than John Cena? Um, At WrestleMania so as well. That, that's a really intriguing one if that was to uh, be the outcome from the yeah. Nation Chamber. But uh, yeah, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, but I, I'm, what, what, one thing I will say, though, is I really hope that um, we don't see The Undertaker get involved in um, that leading to uh, the rumoured match between he and John Cena. Uh, I know there was a lot of talk about that a couple of months ago, even a few weeks ago, but uh, no, I, I really prefer, and I'm sure many fans agree with this, prefer to see Undertaker remain um, retired. You know, He went out in yes. not the ideal way, but in, in a good way as was possible under circumstances last year. For him to then come back, it would almost feel wrong. So I just hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, we definitely don't want to see Undertaker in the ring again. I'm, I'm, you know, as a fan of his work, it's done now. It's, it's, it was finished in the best way possible at that time, like you said. So the last one I'm gonna, I mean, I, I do fancy that we will, we'll, uh, we'll also a spin off from this will be Finn Balor um, chasing down the Intercontinental Title with Miz. But I'm intrigued what you think of Seth Rollins for this then. Could he be the dark horse to win this match? Uh, and that in somehow, so, some fashion, however they, they, I don't know whether some kind of a schmoz finish in this or something like that, that we end up with Roman Reigns then in trying to insert himself into Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, almost about turn from WrestleMania a few years ago where it was Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins showed up with the briefcase. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, you, you think back to even, um, I think it was a Royal Rumble a couple of years ago when you know, that triple threat match with Seth, John Cena and Brock Lesnar, which was one of the best WWE matches of the decade. It was a phenomenal match. And, um, you know, the few times that Seth has been in the ring with Brock, um, you know, Brock's had some of his best ever matches um, because he's, you know, Seth, Seth is, you know, a very, very good worker when he's fit and motivated. And, um, you know, he's somebody who can really make Brock look good by taking these great bumps for the suplexes and, um, you know, treated like a rag doll. And, uh, you know, he doesn't mind that. And he, you know, helps to get Brock over with some of his killer moves. And, you know, I think Brock really enjoys working with him. I think... That's unlikely, but it's still another possibility because you know, clearly they put uh, Rollins to look strong this past week on Raw. Um, it wasn't just something that was done by accident. And so they must have some plans for him. But I still would be surprised if they decided to go with Seth Rollins against Brock as the main event of WrestleMania, or even um, Seth against Roman against Brock, um, as you say, through some kind of schmoz finish um, at the outcome of that um, Elimination Chamber main event. But I would think that um, Seth will probably be set up in a singles match against somebody else. Uh, again, this past week, there's been some talk about um, 
Seth against uh, somebody like you know the, the Miz, but I, I I just think that 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 would be a waste. You know, I think they can do something a bit different with him, and I'd really quite be keen that if it's Roman Reigns um, emerging victorious at WrestleMania for the Universal Championship, and especially if Roman Reigns turns heel, then Seth Rollins is a babyface would be the ideal opponent. Um, and so getting him into a match at WrestleMania where he has a really great match, comes across like a really super over babyface uh, to set up a program that can start on the Raw after WrestleMania, uh, that that would be really good booking. But uh, yeah, the, the possibility is also there, as you say, that he could be part of the main event mix for the Universal Championship. And if he is, then again, I'd have no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah. So, and, and what about uh, Balor and Miz then for the for the intercontinental intercontinental title? Do you think that is something that uh, we could well see then? It is. It is. Um, I, I suppose of all of the different opponents um, for the Miz in terms of the intercontinental championship and defending at WrestleMania, um, Balor would be the one that would make the most sense. You know, Balor is somebody who needs um, a decent run, a decent push. Um, you know, he's yet another person that um, was sucked into nothingness through a non- never-ending feud with Bray Wyatt last year, and he's not fully recovered from that. So he needs a strong win at a big show, and what better way than having... Um, the opportunity to go over the Miz for the Intercontinental, Intercontinental Championship in front of a crowd that will be heavily pro Finn Balor um, on 8th of April at WrestleMania. So that would be uh, ideal from his perspective and another championship belt for him. Yeah. So so your pick then, you, you're sticking with Braun Strowman, yeah? I am, I am. I think that uh, the bookmakers will be wrong on this one and uh, you know, Strowman is the man. And I'd love to see him win that match. Yeah, well, if I was a, if I was a better man, I think my money would certainly be on Norman Reigns. But if I was being really brave, I think I would go for Seth Rollins. And I don't know why. I've just got this sneaking suspicion that uh, that something's been lined up here. But we'll see. I guess we'll see. And and we will be back next week to uh, to talk through exactly what does happen. Now, whether we do get some surprises. Uh, and just whether or not things live up to expectation or in in that hope of maybe they just exceed expectation and we actually have a great event. And not only the it's not only the Elimination Chamber event, but I think because of the significance of the matches there and obviously the build to WrestleMania, I think the follow-on from Elimination Chamber, that following night on Raw, could make for a very, very interesting show. So we will be back next week to uh, to talk the fallout from from both the elimination chamber and from raw uh, but before we go more um i'll let you get a plug in here you've mentioned it a couple of times but uh, your latest article there for the daily mirror yeah so um the daily mirror ran a piece um this past week um just pre- with predictions for the elimination chamber so myself and uh Neil Docking, Matty Lawless and uh, Tony Quant uh, have come up with our predictions for um, some of the key um, happenings um, 
at the Elimination Chamber. And in fact, that reminds me, we have omitted to talk about something else that will be taking place, which is the um, contract signing of Ronda Rousey. And uh, now that, that's oh, another thing. Words. To yes, how to. could we forget that? <laughs> yeah, that, that could um, be so, interesting. That could be interesting. Yes, yes, no, I agree. Um, so I, I predicted um, in my piece that, uh, you know, I, I suspect Stephanie McMahon will have uh, quite a notable um, involvement in that whole segment. But uh, yeah, so everything yeah, has to be about the McMahons, doesn't it? <laughs> I know it's their company. I know it's their company. But yeah, SmackDown is about Shane. Don't let this. Don't let Ronda Ronda Rousey be about Stephanie, please, please. Let just. Oh. You might anyway. be sorely disappointed, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that just about wraps up this edition of the Pro Wrestling Index here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. Uh, my thanks to Mochatra as always, my magnificent uh, co-host, uh, and our thanks to all of you, each and every one of you for listening to the show for hitting that download button uh we do appreciate you each and every one of you we really really do uh if you want to be in contact with us uh, keep in contact with the show we are on twitter at pw underscore index if you wish to give us a follow but um anyway elimination chamber so Keep, give it a watch. Let us know what you think. We'll be back next week to talk about it all. But until then, from me, Andy Wales here at the Pro Wrestling Index, it's bye-bye now. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.